Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Can I tell you how, how I've learned God likes to work when it comes to flooding things? Okay, he's done it before. He's, he's, he can do a flood thing. Promise he won't flood the earth, but he, he's got a different flood in mind. And you can find it in the Bible when Jesus encounters the woman at the well. And he meets her and he says to her, he says, I have a water that if you'll drink, it'll become a spring within you that never ceases. Can I tell you that he wants to flood the earth with his goodness, but he likes to use walking wells and he intends that to be you. He intends you to have a relationship with him that comes so much out of the overflow, an abundant spring. I'm talking like Yosemite level. I'm talking like explosive spring of his goodness, of his love, of his grace, of his healing, of his mercy, that you're walking around and people are like, we're drowning, man. You're making us drown in the goodness of God. That's how he works. He touches a person. That person begins to overflow of his goodness onto their family, their neighborhood, their friends, and that's his intention for you. And that's what he wants to do. Not in the future, today, right now, in church, transform, restore, and heal. Every Sunday, he, Jesus, God doesn't close up for shop. He doesn't go, ah, it's December, we'll mail this one in. Just sing the, you know, no, no, no. He, he doesn't mail any Sunday in. He's here to transform, to redeem, to save, and usher his kingdom as it is in heaven down on earth. You're about to hear three powerful testimonies. We have an amazing program right here in Salt Lake City called Awaken Recovery. It's amazing. And I want you to know it's not just for if you're struggling with a substance addiction. It could be codependence. It could be a behavioral thing, that cycle you can't break. It's an amazing program. We're actually got our, our very first class just finishing right now. And we're gonna hear from three leaders in there, their personal testimonies, all right? You're gonna hear the power of God to transform, to redeem, to save. And so you guys, I'm gonna introduce all three quick and then they'll bring each other up. But we're gonna hear from the amazing Blake Anderson. The astounding Lonnie Atterbury. And the fantastic, see how I did three different words? I was like, can I do it? I can do it, Corey. The fantastic Corey Ross. Don't be intimidated by the level of masculinity you're about to encounter. I was a little at the nine, but I've confessed it and I'm good. I am a man too. Hey, will you guys help me welcome to the stage the one and only Blake Anderson to kick us off. Let's go. You guys can sit. After an introduction like that, I don't know how I could fail. <laughs> so thank you. With that, got to give honor where it's due. Thank you, Matt and Loren Tuggle, for just honoring you and for what you did coming here. And uh, just, just 
how much you've impacted my life. Like how much you've impacted my life from the first time I came to this church. And I knew you had something. And I was like, I need to be here. So thank you. So, and of course, Jurgen and the Amitasius, thank you for everything they're leading here. And, and Corey and Lexi over the recovery, thank you for putting your trust in me and your faith in me and choosing me as a leader to, to help. And it's part of the reason I'm here today. So I, I like to start with scripture because it feels like the right thing to do in church. And because without Jesus and God, I, I wouldn't be here with you today. So First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 10 states, and, and the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. That scripture really spoke to me, especially where it talks about suffered a little while. Um, my story, there is a lot of pain. There is a good amount of suffering. Uh, really, my recovery journey has a really nice even number of 10 years, I'd say, but it's still continuing. So thank you for one minute for every year. That's <laughs> plenty of time to tell you guys about my life, <laughs> what I struggled with and what I overcame. Eight years left. Okay. Um, so we're doing good. Uh, a little bit about me and what comes through here. Just I, I, I come from Idaho. It's north of here for Brazilians. But um, it's, uh, it's great. You know, I actually, I had a really good upbringing. I have two older sisters. I'm the baby. So, you know, I, my rough and toughness I learned through school mostly. But um, it wasn't very rough and tough. I was actually bullied. I was uh, bullied a lot through grade school, middle school. Um, I speak that because it's a very important part of my story when you kind of do some work, and most people wouldn't guess that. Um, so I have something to say. If anybody in here has ever been bullied, being bullied, or your kids are being bullied, God has something incredible in store for them. And he will turn them into something great um, as he's working with me continuously. Um, yeah, so I, I did that, and I had always had to strive just to be the cool kid. I wanted to be. I wanted to fit in. I, I saw the cool kids, and that was a group I wanted to hang out with. Problem is, is the grade school ones I also went to high school with, so they're like, hey, Blake, we remember you in fifth grade, man. That, that's hard to forget, <laughs> you know? And, uh, <laughs> and so, kind of nerdy. Um, so, yeah, so I, I went on, and I, I found alcohol is one of my... Uh, my solutions, and what I like to tell people is, especially this is an important part, is I never had a problem. I just had the wrong solution. And that continued through many chapters of my life. And alcohol, just, I could fit in. I finally was invited to the, you know, cool kids parties. And, you know, in high school, it was like I had to, like, sneak out, like, through my basement and come through. And, you know, and I was like, yeah, I'm finally making it. And I later learned that that's not the goal um, nor is it in, in college. However many friends you think you have, a higher GPA is worth more, I assure you. Um, so, yeah, so I really leaned heavily on alcohol, and that, and that progressed to drinking all the time, drinking with, drinking on the weekends. I went to college, and it just progressed into weekdays to I would drink alcohol when I was happy, when I was sad, when I was mad, when I was hungry, when I was thirsty, 
It doesn't hydrate you at all. I would drink it and then go to the gym because I was like, I feel more relaxed. It, it escalated. And so that's where it's like, hey, 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 you have a problem. Again, I had the wrong solution. The problem was really working in here. So I ended up coming, uh, going to a rehabilitation center in my 20s after I learned that I couldn't quit on my own. And that started a journey where my family didn't really understand. They didn't, you know, it was always like there's something wrong with you. Nothing against my family, wonderful family, wonderful upbringing and parents. They just didn't know how to help. And that's got to be so hard as I've learned and grown, like to be a parent and be like, how do I help my kid? So after multiple rehabs and being successful for a time and then seeing what was failure afterwards because I started drinking again, um, I, was, I was literally just disowned pretty much. I, I wasn't welcome home for holidays. I wasn't, I wasn't welcome for anything. I, I actually first time ended up uh, homeless on the streets in Salt Lake City. And that you know, progressed me into a cycle of rehabilitation, doing really, really well. And um, when I got out and then just not being able to hang on to it. And for me, uh, one of the things that was really powerful that I like to tell people as my reminder goes off. Okay, my phone doesn't recognize me, so. But uh, just growing up here as a new person, the phone's just like, you know. So we're doing this without it. Um, no, it's, it's, it's wonderful. So one thing for me is I, I actually had areas of success, and, and this is where I really learned to be on my own. I wasn't really on my own before. I didn't really know how, like, good I had it with my family and with things. And, you know, you're out of rehab, and you're, you're doing sober living, and I'm like, I have to work a job. I have to make a living. I have to pay my bills. Nobody's going to help me. And then when I still was feeling empty inside, having this idea of, you know, for me, it's, I found that if you obtain something on your own strength alone, you're going to rely on your own strength to keep it. Not having Holy Spirit and God in my life, not realizing he was there the whole time, I was always trying to hold this. And there's such a difference between sobriety and recovery. Like, I could be sober. You know, I knew how to, I was okay, like, you know, alcohol again is the problem. It never was. Because I'd find something else, whether it was something to make me feel okay or make me feel approved. Um, and that would just lean into, you know, Going more where I, I, uh, man, I really wish I had my notes. So, okay, there we go. So for me, it was, it was just going on realizing that I wasn't broken. I had something missing. Missing with the Holy Spirit there. I mean, I, I, I excelled quickly, but my, I actually would go back into the point of just, like, homelessness. And when I was homeless, I, I, I don't think, like, you know, not on the, on the side with a paper sign and all that stuff. I had too much. I wouldn't accept where I was. Often it was resulting in me working for $120 a day, spending 100 to stay in my hotel room. I always tried to make sure I was very clean, cut, very, I looked presentable, I looked well, and I would, I would walk for miles, whether, whatever the job was, whatever it was to do. Um, really just like, how do I get out of this? How do, I, how do I have $20 to live on at the end of each day and get to where I'm at now? And without God, that's not possible, you know? Um, and so that really just comes into just being welcome here. And, and again, it's so well and just didn't realize what was missing, even having dream jobs, having literally, this is just fun to share for me, but I, I, I had a job where I literally, like, I was paid to travel, to work out, and to hang out on a beach. That, 
getting paid the whole time, <laughs> you know, and only to end up with, you know, a journey down in Florida where I was super early for my flight and hung out at the bar, and I couldn't board my plane because I saw how much I'd been drinking. Losing my identification, being stranded in Florida for two weeks, only to fly home to my dream job, meeting me and saying, hey, we can't have you on the team. We have to let you go. And realizing, you know, luckily for a couple years ago, Jesus came into my life, totally saved me where everything just changed, and he'll heal you from the inside out if you let him. That was the thing for me is it wasn't, it wasn't therapy. It wasn't, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of therapy. Therapy's good. I'm not dogging on it. I mean, go, you know. But I was at the point where I was like goodwill hunting my therapist. I was like, well, tell me about what's going on with you, you know. <laughs> and, and they actually started. And I was like, I needed to find something else. But uh, Jesus came into my life and, and something just shifted. Something changed where I was able to, you know, I was drinking normal, but I still felt empty. I was able to have a couple beers and just forget about it. I'd worked so hard to obtain that. And for me, I just set it down. And one day I was like, this is, the, this is it. I don't want to do this anymore. And that journey began leading me back in with Christ, leading me here to awaken, leading me to the incredible opportunities to be a part of this team for being on a leader on the recovery team, which they invited you. They said, they're like, hey, we know we want. We want you to be here. We know because... You know, everything I've gone through, they're like, they're like God's going to use you. And I was like, great. And they're like, you need to go through the program. I was like, a program? <laughs> I can tell you about programs. <laughs> I was like, I have, like, do all of my certificates prior count? <laughs> I got real serious. I was like, I was like, look at it, Pastor Morgan. And I was like, and he's like, yeah. and I was like, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. And uh, I did, and you know what was incredible about it is I actually, there was so much more. It's, like, for me, it's just, it's not over once the alcohol and once the substance or whatever is away from me. I got so much more work learning the people, so many people in my life I needed to forgive. Ultimately, like for myself, I was like, yeah, I forgive him, whatever, I'm just never going to talk to him again. No, like when I had that forgiveness and then my heart and forgiveness and everything, it's still transforming me. It's growing me. It's escalating me into this person who gets to stand here before you today and be surrounded by a team of people who just encourage me and will encourage you. And if you're curious about it or if anything's going on inside of you, come check out our meeting. It's on Monday night, tomorrow at 6.30. I get to introduce you to one of those men I look up to. Right now, his name's Lonnie Atterbury. And he's gonna come on up. Wow, Blake, that was awesome. Always inspirational. Boy, this, this microphone's interesting. You literally have to be like, you know, like, I need one of those uh, headsets that Pastor Matt uses, you know, looking up, up here looking like Tony Robbins and shoot. <laughs> I want to honor some people first before I get fired off here. And uh, first of all, I want to honor uh, Pastors Matt and Loren for being amazing campus pastors. And obviously I wanna honor pastors Jurgen and Leanne for building this beautiful church. I love Awaken Church. And I wanna give a big shout out to Pastor Morgan for leading Awaken Recovery. Pastor Morgan is a brilliant man. If you, when you get a chance to meet him on Wednesday, definitely go up to him. And thank you for Corey and Lexi Ross for what you do, leading Awaken Recovery here. 
I want to add this little shout out. I want to wish Avery a happy birthday. And, and I want to wish Lorende a happy birthday. Finally, I want to give a big shout out to my wife. She's beautiful. She's awesome. She is so inspirational to me. I just, I love her so much. She's so amazing. I'm so excited to be here. I, I feel like an animal that's been released from my cage. I'm not talking about Bobo the monkey. I'm talking about a lion. And speaking of lions released from their cage, be sure to get registered for a merge, all right? All right, let's kick us off with a, a great verse from Exodus. It's Exodus 25 uh, through 6. It's a bit of a read, so here we go. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me, and six. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love and obey my commands. That verse, I love that verse. It's about generational curses. And that's a generate, and, and, and I'm a guy who's breaking off a generational curse. So I grew up, I grew up surrounded by drugs, alcohol, violence. I was abused physically. I was abused verbally. I just had a terrible time growing up. My mother had such a hard time with alcohol that she had to give me up to the, to the state of California. I was a ward of the state for two years. I lived in group homes and foster care. It was miserable. I didn't have a father. My father committed suicide when I was 10 months old. So I, was, I didn't have that privilege of being raised with, a, with an amazing father. So unfortunately, as a young adult, I took that generational curse into my adult life. And I was not a good person all the time. I honored alcohol and drugs more than anything else. And it was just, it was terrible. I was very, very foolish. Speaking of being foolish... I'm going to do the top three because I'm going to run out of time. <laughs> I've done hundreds of foolish things, right, right babe? <laughs> so top three foolish things I've done. One, I once dared a professional kickboxer to kick me as hard as he could. Boy, did that hurt. <laughs> Two, this is a true story. I had a friend, we're not friends anymore, but um, <laughs> I didn't like how he was talking to me, so I pantsed him. You know, and I didn't pants him once, I pants him twice. And then when he confronted me, I gave him a black eye. I'm not proud of that, but that was foolish. And, and three, I just gotta bring this one up again, because this was one of the most foolish things I've ever done. It was at an Emerge event, and I proceeded to scream my head off at both Devin and Rich. Boy, did they check me real quick. <laughs> okay, so 
I brought all this foolishness into my marriage. And Tony and I have a very loving marriage. We love each other so much. But the foolishness was very dishonorable to her. And I started realizing that. Um, I put my drinking first, my family second. I was isolating. And just, my marriage was not going good. Tony would begin to criticize me. And then I would return that criticism with defensiveness. And criticism and defensiveness are two of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I follow this rule. If you're married, avoid those at all costs. Criticism, defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling. Don't do it. So I realized, you know, I was going down the wrong path, and my marriage was going down the wrong path. And I've been with Tony for going on 23 years, so we've done something good. I can't believe it. That's incredible. <laughs> so I went to a wise man, Pastor Matt. He gave me some of the best advice of my life. And this is advice I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. He said, Lonnie, all you have to do is be the same person all the time. What that means, I'm a nice guy. I'm on the high team. I'm very friendly with people. But be that same person if I'm at a party or if I'm watching a game with some buddies, right? So that really made me think. And I started making the tough decisions I had to make. I decided to go to inpatient treatment. And that was a very hard decision. I was gone for 45 days away from my family and away from all of you. It was miserable. I was depressed. I felt so much shame. And I even contemplated suicide at times. And I'm still here by the faith of God. God has my back. So treatment was great because it taught me that my real problem wasn't the drinking. It wasn't. The drinking was the medicine I was taking to solve my problem. My real problem was right here in my heart. I was not aligning my heart with my brain. And it, it, was, it was such a epiphany for me. I don't know if I said that right, but. <laughs> but aligning my heart and my brain. And treatment did that for me. There were so many groups, so much therapy. Uh, you know, Blake, you know, it's, it's amazing what you learn. And so I came back realizing I need to stop being so foolish. I need to have a wise mind when I come back home. So let's pull up Proverbs 1.7. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. I was a fool. Not anymore. My marriage is so amazing right now. Tony and I, we go to Awaken Recovery. We do the recovery night on Mondays. We do the recovery workshop. And I'm going to do the recovery workshop again if I can. I'm definitely going to do that. Because it really has helped us in our marriage greatly. You know? And I'm going to say this. We do this thing every morning. It's an acronym. I love this one. If you're married, you should do this. It's pretty. You can, you can take it if you want. It's called Gaggles. 
And I learned gag and treatment. So what we do, we write it down, we sit down with each other every morning. And the G, we say what we're grateful for that day. The A is a positive affirmation about ourselves. And the G is what goals do we have for the day? And then Tony added the L. I'm like, well, what's the L, babe? And she said, love. What do you love yourself enough to do today for yourself? It's so amazing. And we just have this incredible relationship, and we, we actually recap our gaggles at the end of every night, too. We talk about how we're feeling by the end of the day, and we also talk about if we achieved our, uh, achieved our goals or not. So it's amazing. And I think there's some people out here that have some sort of addiction, whether it be a process addiction, which is something like, you know, using the internet too much, or a physical addiction like alcohol, or even codependence, which is basically a form of control. And if you're, if you're looking into your own heart and you see that in yourself, please go to Awaken Recovery. I mean, Awaken Recovery is like AA on Jesus. Okay? It will change your life, trust me. So that's all I have, and I'm, I'm just very thankful to be here. But uh, now I have the great privilege to welcome up Corey Ross. So good. Thank you, Lonnie. What a man of God. What we've seen in him just through this workshop and go through life with this man has just been incredible. So thankful, and I just want to honor our pastors, Matt and Lauren Tuggle. Come on, yeah. Just the gold that they, say, they saw on us, just to drive it out of us and just to, to ask us to really just step into something that we just absolutely love here. And I also want to honor uh, Morgan and Jenny uh, Irving. And just their leadership and guidance through as we bring this program to Salt Lake City and what they've provided for us and, and what we can do for them. So thank you so much. Um, so I, the title of my message, I decided to go with the title. The title is The Need for Speed. The Need for Speed. And what does have, like speed have anything to do with recovery? Who buys a brand new vehicle and the first thing you do at the first red light is race the guy next to you. One, two, three, go! Like, it is like, you have to do it, right? You have to do it. You gotta see what that car is capable of. You gotta see what that truck can go through. Everybody knows I have a monster truck. I wanna see what that thing can do. Speed. What does speed have to do with healing? Are we healing in our speed or are we healing in God's speed? Are we expectant to come up here and receive healing without doing any work ourselves? Healing will work up here and God will perform a miracle on you, but is it going to last for you? Is it going to break off eventually? Is it, gonna, is it just going to keep coming back over and over and over again? So what is time to us? Like I said, it's, it's stepping on the, the throttle and, 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 and making sure that we can have that control of how fast we can heal and how fast we can recover from the things in our lives. What's time to God, though? 
What's God's time? It says in Genesis, as he's building the world in seven days, that he created time. He created, he is outside of time. Time doesn't matter to God. God just wants you, right? Another word for time is control. Control. Why is control another word from time? Because I, in so many parts of my life, wanted to have control over my healing or over myself. Because so many things in my life, whether it be school, bullying like Blake had, or something that happened in the religion that I went to, where I felt like I was rejected. I was, I was setting myself up. I was in, in so many ways being rejected in a lost control of the control that I so much desired. So how did I get that control back? The control, I, I went to drugs. I went to alcohol. I went to sex. I went to pornography. I went to everything that you can imagine to try to get the control that I desired back. And for a time it worked. I was getting all these new friends. They were making me feel loved. They were making me feel nourished. I was getting everything that I needed from the drugs and the addictions that I was falling into. But it came to a time in my life where the drugs the addictions, the alcohol, everything had control over me. I once again lost my control. I got married, have an amazing wife, Lexi Ross, come on, of 18 years, and she has been with me through thick and thin, and I will continue to this day call her my angel. Because she stayed with me and she was committed and she was pulling that gold out of me. She had faith in God knowing that he was going to restore me. So thank you, babe. I had lost my control. My control over my relationship with my wife, my family, my parents, my friendships, losing them all. I didn't have anything anymore and nothing to call my own that I had control over, including myself. So it's just getting worse and worse. My children, I would come home from work at the end of the day and they'd be scared to death of me. That hurts still today to imagine that I let the control control my children also and control what they thought of me as their father. I'm supposed to be a good influence for them, but I was breaking them down. I was showing them that rejection that I had growing up as a child also. And then tearing apart my marriage and watching our marriage just fall apart and crumble, which leading to divorce, leading to one of the worst times in my life. And although so many worst times led me to suicide and depression, I always failed at it. But this time was something so much different because... That was always an answer of my control, and I'm out of control. The drugs had the control. My addictions had the control. So we, after a couple of hours of talking to Lexi on the, the phone, I was staying at my parents' house, and I'm just asking her, I'm just praying, like, 
and I'm not even praying because God wasn't present in my life, but just asking and begging her, like, there's got to be a way, there's got to be something that I can do, the smallest little thing that I can do to fix us, to fix my relationships. Once again, I'm trying to take that control back, desiring so much to have control one more time, control over the wreck of my life that it was. And she says, no. You can't have that control. I control myself right now. I need to heal. I need to recover. So that led me to, once again, stopping time for myself so I can be in control again. And that led to a form of a gun. And questioning, why am I here? Why am I spending time on an earth that doesn't give anything back to me? So I pull the trigger, and then that right there, that at that point, God took control. God took control. He stopped that bullet from going out. I even cycled the the gun, tore it apart. What the heck is going on? That bullet should have gone off. Why didn't it go off? And as I'm realizing, like, this, God, this gun never flaws. God stopped the time, and I felt his presence come on me just so strong and bold. I just, I felt him on my shoulders, just the weight, the weight of his presence. He was with me finally. My whole life being in religion and, and, and counting on myself in control, I can finally feel him where I've never felt him before. But I was mad My plan failed. My control failed again. I can't have control over my life. What is going on? I got mad at God. Why me? Why are you hailing me instead of all the kids that don't have families, instead of all of the addicts that have bigger problems than I do? If I were to control the scenario, I can end my time, and you don't have to spend that time on me. Your power, your strength, your love for me. You don't have to. Why? And he said to me so clear as day, Corey, when one of your children gets hurt, do you not hurt with them? Do you not feel their pain? Do you not want to cry with them? He says, son, I do the same for you. I'm hurting with you, son. I never left you. I never stepped away. I was always there. I was always there. After that point, I've always, I've been able to look back on all of the problems that I've had in my life and been able to pinpoint actually where God was. And through that, I've received so much healing because I knew that my father was with me. He reminded me of all the promises, all of the promises that he promises all, all of us. This awakened recovery has given me the knowledge to keep going in my recovery. Because after that, it was hard. It was hard every day, every discussion with my wife. It wasn't easy, was it? It wasn't easy. To go on, even with God in my life and handing all my burdens to him, I still had to do the work. And the recovery workshop gave me the work that I needed to do. 
step by step. God is in every step, and he's showing you what you are capable of the whole time you're doing it. He is our provider. He is our healer. He is with us in every time of our life. Through thick and thin, through our worst and our best, he is a blessing to us. And I just wanted to end with this. It's Isaiah 60, 22. When the time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. Thank you. Come on, let's give it up for Corey. Can we give it up for all three of our amazing speakers? Blake, Lonnie, Corey. Come on. Come on, you can take a seat real quick. I said it earlier in the offering message. I just know God's character. I've seen it too many times. There's nothing you can't put in his hand. And his resurrection power and his love can bring beauty from ashes. Doesn't mean the ashes aren't real, it just means God will step in and transform. I'm gonna tell you, Corey and Lexi, it wasn't easy work, but the gold that'll flow, that already is flowing in our recovery program. God didn't just restore your marriage, restore your relationship with your kids, step you into freedom. But now every day when you guys wake up, the devil has to look at you guys and go, dang it, they know my insider stuff. I used my best gear on them and they overcame and now they're getting people free left and right. And I'm telling you, I wanna prophesy this over you. Stand up, you two, stand up. They'll be a great team with Blake and all the people, but I'm telling you, I saw you up here, and just the way you carry yourself, you look great with the haircut and the beard and all that, but I'm telling you, you too, out there, is one of the biggest harvest fields of people that feel trapped. And there'll be a time where you'll be having recovery meetings in here and you won't be able to fit. You'll have to have multiple meetings on a Monday because this room will be filled with people getting their lives transformed. And I, from here for the rest of your life, the devil is going to have to watch in shame as you guys free people left and right from the traps of the enemy. Jesus, we declare your anointing and favor that Awaken Recovery SLC is going to explode and people will be redeemed and freed and took out of the pit of hell and restored. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on. Mm. Got me a little messed up, guys. Tell you something, I feel very strongly as we wrap up this service that it might not be literal, but metaphorically today, Jesus is ready to stop the bullet. Dear friend of mine once confided in me who was struggling at the time with addiction no longer, he said, it's like I'm committing slow suicide. I remember that rattled me deeply. And it might not be that extreme, but I do know a life without Jesus, as Blake brilliantly said, said it, it's the wrong, uh, I'm missing something. 
You don't have a problem as much as you're missing a solution. Every person was meant to be in relationship with their heavenly father. And the only way to have that relationship is Jesus. It's audacious too, because how we come to him, we don't come with him like, God, I, I was finally good for one week. I didn't even cuss on the freeway when someone cut me off. And then he says, okay, welcome to the, no, it's not like that at all. In fact, when we come to Jesus, we say, Jesus, I've tried to control this life. I've tried to do this right. And I realize I need a relationship with God, that I need the right solution to the problem. And that can be in any level of dysfunction you're facing. You can try, you can try to look good and feel good and do things, but the only thing that'll answer that God-shaped hole in your heart is God coming into your heart. And that's done through Jesus. So I'm gonna ask everyone to bow their eyes, close their head. I heard it. I was hoping you guys didn't, but you heard it too. Bow your head and close your eyes. Jesus, help me. Bow your head, close your eyes. We do this, it's nothing holy or anything. We just do this to take away any any distractions. We shut down one of your five senses. Just take inventory. And this is a moment between you and Jesus. It's not between you and me. It's not between anybody. It's you and Jesus. But if you need to ask Jesus into your life, if you need to put him in the steering wheel of your life, we all do. But if you were to say today, you know what, you're not, Jesus isn't in the steering wheel of my life. He's not my Lord. Maybe at one point you prayed a prayer and you're kind of like, I think I still have good, I think I'm still good on my fire insurance, but I actually need him to be the Lord of my life. Maybe you've never done that. Either way, I want to give you the opportunity to invite him in. And you watch, just like Corey shared he will come in and begin to restore and recover everything he made you to do. So if that's you in this house, you're like me and many other people coming to that conclusion, I need Jesus. I wanna give you the opportunity to ask him in. And so I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand on the count of three. Once I've seen your hand, you can put it down and then I'm gonna lead us all in a prayer. So if you need Jesus now, you just raise your hand, one, two, three. Who needs to ask Jesus in? Thank you. Once I've seen a hand, you can put it down. Thank you, I see that hand. Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, I see all that hand. I just wait for a minute here because somebody waited for me. I was like, oh, I don't want people to think I don't have it together, but I knew in my heart I didn't have it together and I needed a savior. Awesome. I feel like I'm waiting for one more person. There we go. Thank you, Jesus. All right, you guys can look up at me. Why don't we all stand to our feet? We're going to pray a prayer together. The power is in you agreeing and meaning this from your heart. It's not in the words I say. In fact, every time I pray this prayer, there's slight differences because it's you praying this from your heart. And so if you raise your hand or you should have raised your hand, pray this from your heart and mean it and watch what Jesus will do. So I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. You can repeat after me, dear Jesus, this morning I give you 
my heart. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, to take away shame and guilt. Give me your Holy Spirit to begin to follow you and give you control of my life. Thank you that heaven is my home and that I am forgiven and I am washed clean this morning. In your name I pray, amen, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.